And we're back. Days interviews or Kilowatts Classics episode question mark. Uh Owen Hart, Will McDonald, we're back. Uh will we put a poll out? We let the fan decide there was actually more than one fan. And they voted for Days and Confused for the next episode of Cable Box Classics. Were you polling for Almost Famous? They didn't really have a preference. They're both great movies. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do this one, even though I just all things, uh, all, all cards on the table. Almost Famous is my favorite movie, but I feel like there's just way more to talk about here. Um, first off, we named the podcast, or I named the podcast after this movie, Days and Reviews, Days and Confused. This movie is my Instagram, uh, my Instagram picture. My profile picture is this, is the, this movie's poster, the Criterion Collection of this poster. This definitely holds a huge place in my heart and has been such a big impact on me. Um, why don't we just lead the podcast off talking about the first time we saw this movie? So well, what was the first time you saw Days Confused? In first um, March 2020 over spring break, actually. You're kidding. Um, really? And, and it was like a really good time. I remember texting you immediately after it being like, that was wonderful. That was dope. You did? I remember that. Um, so that was the first time you watched it. Where'd you watch it? Just at my house, just on the TV. Was it like on cable or was it like on demand? I uh, I think I I think I watched it for free on demand. It was one yeah. of the free movies. It was pretty good. Uh, this movie you? is like the epitome of a Killbox classic for me because the first time I watched this movie was I don't remember the date exactly like you like you did, but it was sometime in summer of 2016, going into my sophomore year of high school. I was in one room and my brother was in the other and he was just watching tv and he had fallen asleep i think i was just playing like 2k my career or something like that and i went into the kitchen so i came out of my room to go to the kitchen to get like a snack something like that and days confused like it was like kind of like maybe i think it was at the scene when they were like just leaving high school was on the tv and i legit just like sat and got stuck in the room for the whole length of the movie like i legit like it was like 2 a.m I was totally doing something else and just got sucked the fuck in to this movie. And that's kind of what the epitome of the Caleb Box Classic is, the movie that always comes on and you always get sucked into it and just keep watching it and stuff like that. So that's why I think this movie, for me, I really want to talk about on this show. is like it, I legit had the experience that we talk about on this show or what we think the show is for the movie to qualify for it. That's legitimately what I had for this movie is just being sucked into this movie. And what I think the biggest part for me of why I think this movie sucks in people, especially like us, I think I personally view this movie as the most realistic depiction of high school. I think it's high school musical. Fuck you. Like, why do you do it? Um, I don't know if it's the most realistic. I can't say because it's set in such a different time period. So we would have to ask people from that time period. But it feels True. right. It feels right. But I just know, like, like, uh, there's certain things, like, um, like, there's a lot of old high school movies, even new high school movies, I feel like, like, don't really do a good job of all this stuff. Like, I thought Love, Simon was a really bad representation of high school, modern day high school. Like, I, I really don't like any of those John Hughes movies and how they do high school. I wasn't a big Mean Girls guy. A lot of people point to Mean Girls as a really good high school movie. That's not my movie. Where do you stand I think what people point to with Mean Girls, as a huge Mean Girls fan, 
uh, is like the satire aspect. I don't think people, yeah. and it's a perfect satire, but obviously it's not, not actually representative. Well, not the actor. I just, I just more meant as a high school movie. It's not one of my go-tos. Um, but I think just a big part of what this gets is um, a lot of what a weekend is, is just kind of like driving around, like waiting to see what's up or like not really knowing what you're doing and just trying to kill time and figuring out what you're doing like minute by minute. Granted, I feel like we both had, we had very different high school experiences, me and you. Like you went to a small private school. I went to a normal suburban public high school. But I feel like just like that, um, that essence of like not really knowing what the fuck to do and kind of just looking to figure out what the fuck is up. Um, also, I feel like you might attest to this too. I feel like me and you are similar in this way. But what this movie nails, I think, is the social dynamics between characters and between fellow high schoolers and how the main character, Pink, uh, he kind of is like the Venn diagram of best friends. Like he has like the stoner best friends the athlete best friend and then he has like the nerdy best friend like he isn't it's not just like what what mean girls is making fun of is like the clicks and stuff like that it's like that is a hollywood falsity that has never really existed at least in, i think in the past like 20 years something like that but like it's always kind of like this person is friends with this person is also friends with this person and it's kind of like this ever meshing venn diagram like kind of thing of who's friends with who and i think this movie nailed it i feel like you also can relate to that yeah, for sure. I The main thing I can relate to um, is the idea of, like, not knowing what you're going to do, and there's no plot. There's no feeling of story arc there's or whatever. no plot. That's yeah. what makes it, and in, in many cases, I would not like that, but when the movie's supposed to be, like, a reflection of high school life, like, it is, like, these things just happen and you roll with them, especially when you're a drunk or high high schooler, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a big part of what this movie is, like, yeah, there is no plot, and like, I say this a lot about, like, like life is like life doesn't have a plot but your wife has arcs and certain and this movie in particular thing is focusing on the one arc of this one day of high school and how uh and well i guess the main if you had to pick a plot of this movie it would be pink and his whole dilemma with the with the football team but even so that's more of the arc and of his character of this time in the movie uh, just like what he's going to do in the summer and waiting up to the football season, stuff like that. So that's that's a very good point about how this movie just kind of like, it just goes. And um, like the quote, I think Tarantino was talking about how his stories, they his stories unfold. It's like they don't kind of like go in a straight line. It's kind of like you kind of do one thing to do the next, and then you kind of end up at where you're going just as a series of arcs and scenes. Like Star Wars is a lot like that. Is a weird reference, but I think this movie is also an, an epitome of that of just kind of going and just keep going. Like you go from the start of the school, and then you have like the hazing that leads up to like going out, and then the party gets but it just kind of keeps going and it blends really well. Um, do we want to jump into the categories just yet, or do we have more to talk about this movie? Um, I mean, you covered most of it, we can do categories. I will say, though, um, a little bit, I guess the first thing kind of talk about is the internet research, but just the production of this movie was, uh, this was a really, really interesting set and design. Like, this movie was basically like a summer camp. Like, all these kids were just established, like, they were assembled like the Avengers to, to make this movie. Um, 
And a lot of some of these people were unknown. Like a good amount of these kids acted in this movie and then like never did anything again. Um, and I just feel like you can kind of feel the vibe of like them just kind of like enjoying this time and just kind of like they're just making this movie as like, oh, it's just something fun to do. It's like, and I think you don't get that, especially when you go to like a, like a, because like the kids in these movies, a good amount of them were playing their age ish. And if there's something you don't get when you have older actors, then it's more of like a job and stuff like this. Well, this just seemed like a bunch of fun, just a bunch of people hanging out. And he captured that on camera, especially because like when you look at the script, a lot of what is in this, like the script is so different from the final, final movie because they just made it up as they went. Like, I can't think of another movie like this. There's a, I know in like Thor Ragnarok, they kind of did that, but yeah, I can't really think of many movies that do that. Yeah, that's a good example of that kind of Thor Ragnarok where they're just kind of like, they're just riffing the whole time. Um, but, and then that, that's because like, even that though, it's a big like studio thing of like, they trust who's involved. Whereas this one, they were kind of just like making it up as they went. Um, and they kind of like wrote scenes and even like the own, like, even like actors like wrote their own lines and stuff like that. Like, there's a scene where I think it was Joey Adams and Parker Posey. They realized that they didn't have like a scene together. So they just like wrote a scene with them two together and then took out a link later. I'm like, hey, can we shoot this? And they shot it. They didn't have banking in the movie. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised that you hadn't seen this movie recently which actually doesn't surprise me that much now that i think about it um also i just want to ask you a quick like, like overall how do you view richard linklater like where does he rank for you and your directors or like not hard ranking like how do you what's your opinion on his movies um i think i've grown to really appreciate movies like them like i said i used to be kind of like a plot and story guy but now if like i'm invested in just like the atmosphere of the movie um I'm and so he does that a lot I need to watch all of his stuff before I can say he's definitely not in like my top five not even probably in my top 10 but that's not to say he's not amazing I think he's really good there's just so many great directors and people yeah like he definitely is not like he doesn't like have the best like he doesn't doesn't do some of the technical stuff or like even some of those creative stuff that like like um oh my god like Fincher does or something like that or not, he doesn't have the best dialogue like Tarantino, but just he brings his own kind of feel to it. And um, even when his movies are, are pretty disparate, um, they all kind of feel the same. And a big part of how you know you're watching a Linkwater movie is he always has killer soundtracks. Uh, Will, is this, is this the best movie soundtrack? No. Um, I'm not saying it's definitely not, but that's such there's so many movies that are in the running for that. So a few of the ones that I wrote down were Days of Fears, obviously this one. Almost Famous has a great soundtrack. Yes. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, great yes. soundtrack. Baby Driver, great soundtrack. Yes. Boogie Nights has a killer yes. soundtrack. You're missing a huge one. You're missing like one of the biggest ones I can think of. I didn't write down all of them. I just did some quick ones that came to mind. No, then I I, down I, if, you told, if you told me on the spot to pick like seven or 10, all of the ones you listed, I would have immediately said. There's a bunch more, but one of I, them always sticks to me. I just said Pulp Fiction first time we cut me off. I think that, but like, um, so like, what are the ones that you were going to throw out there? In terms of, are we talking in t- like scores? Or are we talking scores and songs, like soundtrack soundtracks? No scores. No, no scores. Okay, so like uses of real music, basically. Uses of real music. Okay, remember the Titans, easy. 
Real Titans has yeah, that's got uh Wonka Woman in a black dress. It's got um It's got Zelda everything. It's, it's got everything. It's great. Uh not a good movie. But yeah, you list yeah, there's I don't think it's the best. My initial reaction to that was no, but you could make a case and I'd be okay with it. Well, because there's two kind of things that when like we're talking about movie soundtrack, you, you could either talk about the way that it fits into the movie or just like what do you want to listen to the most? Like a good example for that me is Guardians of the Galaxy One. Uh, I feel like has the best use of some of the best use of mu- music in a movie, whereas I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy Two has the better collection of songs. And I feel like, for me, I like I like use of songs in movie more than just who has the best songs. Because then you get Suicide Squad, who goes from uh, Eminem to uh, oh my god, they in the opening scene they go from like three back to back just like hit songs like. I've like so many movies do that. Like another movie that does that. Um, oh, I forget what it was. Anyway, but um, yeah. Um, I agree. Movie. I think like and soundtracks can also just shape the movie. For example, um, Saturday Night Fever. Without the Bee Gees, like that's not that's not a classic yeah. movie. Sorry, that's a good one. Like, cause, like I was googling a bunch of um, like in preparation. That's like some of the best movie soundtracks that come up, but. Certain ones, like I feel like, it's not just the the songs and the use of it, but it creates the identity for the movie. Like um, Baby Driver is one like that where it created the identity for the movie and that character and how he does all his music and stuff like that. And um, also, Scott it's just Pilgrim, like similar Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Edgar Wright. All of his movies are kind of like that. Um, there was another movie I was gonna bring up about this, and I don't remember what the fuck it was. And now I'm really angry about it, about some sort of, I don't even know, but yeah, but um, like, have you ever seen School of Rock? Yeah, when I, when I was a kid, but I forget. All right, well, School of Rock's great. That was my introduction to Immigrant Song. It has got Smoke on the Water. Um, I think there's somebody else, but just Linklater is, is uh, very much known for his use of music. Um, Everybody Wants Some has a great soundtrack. The spiritual sequel to Days Views as it is. Um. Uh, so that's kind of it for the soundtrack element of it. But I do. Oh, uh. So one thing about the soundtrack. Uh, name of the movie Days Confused, named after the Led Zeppelin song. Um, Linklater really wanted to get Zeppelin music in the movie. Page said yes. Plant said no. You're never. Yeah. There's that as as a Led Zeppelin fanboy. There's very, 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 very few movies until recently, I guess, that were allowed to have Zeppelin music because they all they they did not allow that for the most part. Like Almost Famous is like one of the first movies like that was able to pull it. Yeah, there's lots of weird stories of of like artists being like so against their songs in movies, and I don't understand it. Like um. Like uh, this, like so. This movie, like like uh, a sixth of the budget was spent on, was spent on uh, music. Same with Reservoir Dogs. Like half that movie's budget was spent on music. And I remember like Kevin Smith was talking about uh, he desperately wanted to get Prince music in Jane Sound Bob and like spent time with him and and like talked and like was talking to him a lot about it. And Prince like I like you a lot, but you can't use my music in a song. And my can't use my music in your movies. Like, I don't get why it's 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 advertisement for your career like i don't get why they pay you for it like, i don't get why they don't 
accept that. But um, I think that, um, and there's also like um, a good use of a song in a movie. It can, it can like, you'll see like the down will start happening quick. Like I remember like when the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy came out, everybody got hooked on a feeling on Apple Music like that. It was absurd. And that's a whole other thing of like best use of uh, songs in a movie. I think that Thor Ragnarok is a really is really up there with that. Um, I think that this movie I can't picture. I can't point to a specific song in this movie that they um, that is like stands out more than the others. But I remember like buying the soundtrack on CD. And when I put it on my car, it was like kind of anticlimactic. And I was kind of like, oh, like this isn't that cool. It's just because it doesn't have the greatest collection of songs, but it does have some of the best use of songs in a movie and the way it uses it in. Um, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll go into the categories? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, we'll worry, but we're going to do that. And we're back from break. We're trying a new way of recording. So if the audio is fucked up, I apologize. Um, well, most rewatchable scenes, how many do you have? Um, it's see, one of it's my problem with this movie, especially more so than other movies. Yeah, this is such a cult classic compared to like, uh, like, uh, like at least the social network. And honestly, Tropic Thunder is like a mainstream hit, so it's not a cult classic, but like this, no. is, in terms of kids' orange. It's hard differentiating my favorite scenes or like the rewatchable scenes from the iconic scenes, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're and same with the quotes. I feel like when I was doing the best quotes, there were so many but, iconic ones, but those were like, my favorites. Uh, so okay, when you when I think of like rewatchable scenes, uh, the party scene, I know that's like ten or fifteen minutes of the movie, but still, just like the nighttime party, um, yeah. when they're in the woods, that just gives me such good vibes. Um, yeah. I love Ben Affleck um when they're behind the door and Ben Affleck's like talking to like oh I forget which one but he's just like holding the bat <laughs> yeah, the yeah. <clears throat> and obviously there's obviously the most like iconic scene that I have to mention but I won't actually I won't mention the scene because it's the quote that's iconic yeah um I, I want to go with, like I kind of did the same thing like I didn't prepare any best scenes usually I always do but this movie is just so different and I think a lot of movies like this, where it's just um, like a series. This movie just kind of feels like a series of events. That's all. This movie, there's all this series of events of the last day of school. But I think there are some that stick out, like um, the paddling scene after the baseball game. That's a great scene. Um, then the, again, you said the stuff at the moon tower. Um, well, I'm just going on chronologically. Uh, all the stuff at the emporium. And then just the ending when they're on the football field to when they drive off. And I think if we have to pick a most rewatchable scene, it's Wooderson outside the Emporium. That's what always is what people go to. That's kind of like the, the one shot everybody thinks of is when he's doing this whole thing. And uh, I just think that this, like, again, this movie, the fact that we can kind of talk about all the different scenes and how, like, some of the most iconic ones aren't, aren't my favorites, but uh, each one just has its own vibrance and creativity. And, and it, also just um, what Linkler does, he creates a huge collection of interesting characters 
that each scene has like a different compilation of like characters like oh this scene's got Pickford and Slater and Pink and then oh this one's got like fucking uh like what the fuck is his name oh my god Sasha whatever and uh Wiley Wiggins and then you know like and so I think that's what's is what makes each scene its most rewatchable scene is like that some different blends of characters that's kind of like my favorite thing about ensemble movies and also ensemble TV shows is when you have like the two, it's just the most random collection of characters in a given scene. And this movie has a bunch of those scenes. Um, do we want to start talking about the quotes now? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I could have just, you, again, the script is the best quotes, but just, I just jotted down the first ones that I was thinking about uh in no order but pink if i start, ever start referring to these years as the best years of my life remind me to kill myself um <laughs> I think every high schooler can relate to that every high schooler can relate to that um you just got to keep living l-i-v-i-n just great um this was this quote made it to my instagram uh, one more thing. This summer we're being inundated with all this American bicentennial Fourth of July brouhaha. Don't forget what you're celebrating, and that's the fact that a bunch of slave-owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. Um, I just think that line's hilarious from a fucking like social studies teacher in high school. Like, if my actual teacher said that to me, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Um, it's so funny, but also like very like it's what he likes to do. Um. I didn't know that drugs and alcohol were such a big problem that they had to resort to neo-McCarthyism. There's a good Joseph McCarthy reference in a, in a 1970s movie. Um, and then the older, the older you get, the more rules going to try to get you to follow. It's again, very relatable. Um, and then do we want to talk about the one most iconic quote? Can I say it? I love yeah, this one. You can say it. Bro. It literally jump-started, like, one of the most influential acting careers ever. Yeah. Literally three words. And I refuse to believe... Obviously, his whole, whole performance was dope. Are you not going to talk about the other one he says? Fine, go ahead. Fine. All right. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay at the same age. We just jumped oh, into bad. what they I thought, I thought. I thought you said. I thought you said that. That's my bad. No, yeah. That's, that, that's okay, yeah, that that's like the second most iconic one. What I yeah. but I just think it's yeah, crazy yeah. how the man can one. say the word I all right three times yep. and then become an Oscar winner, but like because of it. Like yeah, there's like there's a domino meme where it's like there's like five dominoes and they consistently get bigger. And it's like the meme is that like it's one thing, it's a butterfly effect meme where basically yeah. one insignificant thing leads to like a massive thing. So for example, like one of the things was like um like someone gets in a car and then it led to like the jfk assassination or something and it yeah it, it's like bad it's crazy memes or it's like it's like it's like um someone steps on like something and then that leads to like the vietnam war like these memes but they're like historically yeah. accurate like it literally goes from saying three words to winning an oscar that would be yeah. his meme it's um he has a whole bit about like what the what that means and if you can look it up if you want to and it's like the the things he's about and he says three out of four but yeah just all right all right all right launched a whole career then a resurgence of a career and it's like all because he was in a bar one night so the whole story of him getting cast in this movie is he was at he was a junior i think a junior in college 
was at a bar in Texas and was like sitting next to like the casting director. And the dude was like, Hey, I think you might be good for this part. And then just all of a sudden becomes a fucking movie star. Like that's like, that's like his version of the Jonas brothers being found out in a barbershop is like, it's so fucking insane. How, how just one performance makes a, makes a career. Can you think of another example of one performance making a career? Uh, well, I mean, in terms of one performance, yes, but in terms of like such as, cause it's not like he's like, even you could make the case. He's probably like the fourth or fifth, like mainest character. I would say he's like the third main character. He's like the eighth main character in this. Okay. Movie. Well, yeah, that's valid. Yeah. I, well, I, I was going to say, I feel like the five last people, the movie ends on at the football field. And like, I feel like they're yeah. kind of the main quote unquote characters, but he, but that just furthers my point where he's not even yeah. the main character. So so yes, I can think of like thing like performances that springboarded people, like like singular performances for sure, but like not like this, not, not like, like this. not like being like the supporting of the supporting actor. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't. Well, he, to be fair, also like this was kind of what made him like an actor. But then the real overnight performance he had was from A Time to Kill. That's what made him like a movie star overnight. Um. But yeah, again, this just goes also to go to shows the ensemble is that like, I guess you would say Pink is the main character. And then you have Mitch, I guess, as the second main character. But like, like I wonder, like, I wonder if you have like, remember like when Avengers Infinity War came out and everybody's talking about like who had the most screen time and all this stuff. I wonder what the Days Confused screen time by character is. Um, but yeah, like, the, I think that um, this movie like when you talk about the, the quotes and all this stuff, it's just so like, I've never seen something so iconic and quoted and all the dorm posters and stuff like that. And it's just the, the, the identity that this movie has um, is definitely unparalleled to anything else. Like also, which like a big, which go back to what we're talking about, like how like McConaughey was a junior in college when he was doing this movie I don't think you ever have another time like this where people play their own age, like ever. Everybody's always like five years older or something like that. Like, I feel like, I don't know what it was back then, like, but or nowadays, nobody plays their own age. Nobody, nobody's the right age anymore. Well, it's, it's not, it's not that it's like when you're 14 and under. Well, you can't act. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you're like 12 and under, you're the right age. And then when you're like, 24 and older you're roughly the right age it's literally just that high school and college age that people refuse to like let people also something that i feel like i don't know about you but something i didn't notice how ridiculous it was until i started to get older and was watching movies of people who were supposed to be playing my age and was like 10 years older than me like um i'm trying to think of what it is but like in stranger things like the the like uh the kids like they're they're like the same age as like the high school characters ages those actors are and stuff like that so it's kind of crazy um do we, i just all right i won't actually i'm jumping on too many categories right now um how does this movie stack up for you with other movies that take place in a day um it's kind of talk about this enough yeah, I mean, where does we, it stack up for you? Well, it has to be number one for me, one for me because, like, this is, this is, um, oh my god, 
this is tied for my favorite, if not my second most favorite. Um, oh my God, movies that take place. I can't even speak right now. This is my second favorite movie of all time. So therefore it has to be my favorite movie that takes place in a day. But other ones that I'll throw out there um, for best movies in a day, Die Hard, well, definitely. Oh, darn. I was going to say, I, I I would say this is my number two. This is your number two? And what's your so, number so one? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I would say 80% of the time, I would rather watch this movie than Die Hard. But in terms of, like, actually, like, which do I re- like more? I think, actually, that's tough. It's it's between them two. Like, because, like, I like Do the Right Thing. I think The Breakfast Club's overrated. I think, like, 12 Angry Man, I like. But Collateral, I need to see. Feverus Bueller's Day Off, I think, is overrated. Like, so, in terms of, like, it's easily one of these two. Uh, Gravity's okay, but that's kind of cheating. That, that, um, that's not the same kind of vibe. Yeah. So, it's, e- it's easily either Die Hard or this movie. It really depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah, so it's like a few. I'll just rattle off for a while right now. Midnight in Paris, Die Hard, uh, Breakfast Club. Already said Twelve Ring of Men. You already said. I think Ferris gives this a run for its money for some people. For me, it doesn't touch it. I like this movie way more than Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Collateral is way up there. That, that's one night even. Um, Training Day, I like is takes place over one day. That's great. That's a really good movie. Um, this is kind of the film nerd in me, but Run Lola Run. It's a German movie. I have a few um, movies that kind of cheat. What? What? I right, just real quick. Actually, no. Go to the movies that cheat first. Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's um, a cheat. Yeah, that's a good. Happy, that's a good cheat, though. That's a good cheat. Happy Happy Death Day one and two, because that's like, yeah. You're just doing the ground. What do you say? Edge of Tomorrow next. No, because that's more. Um, do you like Happy Death Day? It's actually kind of enjoyable. It wasn't like stellar. I'm just listing. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, the point I was going to say. Um, and another very famous movie that took place over one day and um, that this movie is heavily influenced on was American Graffiti. Have you ever seen American Graffiti? I've seen all the parts that I need to see of American Graffiti, but I've never sat down and just watched it. Similar to kind of how I had seen, like, the main parts of Days and Confused but I never yeah. sat down and watched it fully. So I probably should watch Murder Inc. I've heard it's actually, I, I've heard such mixed things about it. Like Dazed and Confused, you hear nothing but positive things. Whereas American Graffiti, I hear mixed things. I really like American Graffiti. It is a little dated, I guess. But so American Graffiti uh, is a 1970s movie directed by George Lucas about um, a group of kids, a group of high school seniors on the day before they're supposed to leave for college. And this movie is about a group of kids in the 70s. Oh, actually, the movie takes place in the 50s. I don't know if I said that. And Days and Fuse is about a group of kids on the last day of high school. Um, but they're juniors, though, so it's a little different. But um, it's this that uh, Linker said, I basically want to make the 70s version of American Graffiti. And this goes in a little bit of half-ass. I'm stepping a little bit on half-ass in it research. But there's this trend in Hollywood and in television of, like, the 20 years nostalgia. So this movie is in the takes place in the seventies. Was filmed in the nineties. American Graffiti takes place in the fifties. Filmed in the seventies. That seventies show, filmed in the nineties, takes place in the seventies. So I have um, not to cut you off, but I, I yeah. just 
well well we're in the swing of that i think i agree up until the 90s and then i think 1990 and 2000 like the 2000s and the 1990s were literally just one big decade but then the 2010s got super obsessed with the 80s yes like stranger yes, things star uh i shouldn't say stars like ready yeah. player one star trek star wars ready player one all the yep. all the video game stuff avengers like the superhero stuff yep. like in terms of like like the 19 in my mind from 1990 to 2008 it's all the same vibe and then 2009 is just its own thing and then you're in 2010 it's and just like, whole other decade yeah like the 90s and the 2000s are i think the two most similar decades in terms of like in my brain because but the 2010s yeah. has an obsession with the 80s yes they remade um, heathers they remade all the stuff they remade heathers yeah i didn't know that <laughs> i just quick i just want to uh they remade carrie poltergeist they did remake carrie steven spielberg's doing shit still that's just because hollywood's bankrupt now so they're just referring back to old shit uh but just real quick i just want to flex on my the other research i did boogie nights 97 takes place in the 70s um uh Greece in the 70s space space in the 50s and then happy days takes place in the 70s film i mean takes place in the 50s filmed in the 70s and then you have uh modern movies that take place in the 90s like mid 90s and captain marvel but going on to this thing of like the 20 25 year trend of like nostalgia in hollywood so in like 25 years you think people are going to be making movies about like tiktoks and dabbing and hover like do you think do you think that there will be movies years when that takes place in like today's day and age i don't really think so because i think so much of today's day and age is being like vintage and thrifting and retro and all that i don't know but that. i don't know because there's even the scene in in this movie where uh the girls talking about how like the 70s suck and but like clearly there's been so many movies and nostalgia about the 70s stuff like that and i feel like the same stuff like now like we're so nostalgic about other stuff i guess you're saying is like you can't be nostalgic about a time that was nostalgic but I feel like everybody's always nostalgic. Like nostalgic, the second greatest weakness, only to the neck. Quite true. I, mean, I, I guess. I mean, I completely, I just don't see why people would want to set a movie like, like it, it, you, might, you might as well either set it in the present or in the future or like heavily in the past. Because like, I feel like from 2010 to like 2030 or whenever there's, it's like, it's all the same time. Like it all feels the same. True. I mean, I like guess the seventies. Like, the seventies had like disco and hippie vibes. The eighties were Reagan and like pop. Sixties were like rock and roll and be like they all had hip, different yeah. vibes. They all had different vibes, but like it's like, I mean, I guess the two thousands have a different vibe than the twenty tens. But like, I think you, that we're I, just too, we're not removed enough. I feel like in ten years, maybe like, oh, this was happening a lot then. You know I mean, what I mean? What? Are they gonna make a movie with like a dubstep soundtrack? Like that's I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like maybe 10 years we'll look back and be like, oh, there's these things. I don't know. But like, I'm, I'm still on your train of like, what the fuck could they do? But like, maybe just in 10 years, we'll look back and be like, hey, like maybe this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Now let's, uh, um, I kind of want to step more on internet research. I've been, I, I always just kind of never bank through the internet research all at once. Um, in 2004, three high school classmates of Linklater's filed a lawsuit against him for using their likeness and names. That's fucking crazy. Like, if, like, 20 years from now, I make a movie and the main, and one of the main character's name is, like, Will McDonald, are you going to be pissed off? No, but 
I, I do think the least he could have done is like change the fucking first name or last name. He changed the first names, but kept the last names. Which is weird because you would think he would. Uh, I don't know. Actually, last names are probably harder to come up with. I don't know. Uh, from someone who has to create a lot of characters' names for like this, like some of the writing I do, most of the characters I do are just real people. I just use the real names because it's just way easier. Also, it kind of gives you a vibe for what you're doing. But um, I don't know. I think that's kind of crazy. Um, one thing he did that was kind of Tarantino-esque was that he would give actors mixtapes like uh, different mixtapes of the 70s to help them with their character. And that's kind of like a really like uh, in-depth thing. It's like uh, Tarantino's kind of like that where he'll like, he'll like write a novel about your character and like knows everything about them. And like, if you ask, if you ask him any question about your character, he'll give you a nine page essay answer length about, um, about your character. Okay. Well, the best um third year performance or third performance richard linkwater's third movie being days confused derrick rose winning mvp in his third year or kanye west graduation as his third album what's the best third performance definitely not kanye when you compare it to the other two especially because kanye like many people would argue graduation was the worst out of his first three but it is i like graduation i'm just saying like compared to what you're having me compare graduation is the easiest thing to cross off Derrick Rose won the, he was like, oh man, that's tough. I'm going to go Derrick Rose. I, I, I have to go D-Rose. I love D-Rose, but I still feel like he kind of stole a bronze MVP that year. I mean, here's the thing. D-Rose winning that MVP, like that's, if you want to say like, oh, like it's because, because they, they were the best regular season team. And yes, they were. Was, and he was the best player on that team. And he averaged 25, 7, and 7, or sorry, he averaged 25, 7 point something and 4. And, and that was back in a time where like, it was a little like, like scoring was less and defense was up. And so that those numbers are probably should be a little higher if it was today. That, so yeah. my point is he had the numbers and they were the best regular season team in the league, right? When Steph won the MVP averaging worse stats, no one really said anything because that, that was understood. No one was saying Derrick Rose is the best player in the league. He was just the most valuable his, he was the best player on the best team, which I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, that was still when like the Heatles were like, everyone was good. Like it wasn't like 2014 and Wade was busted and Bosch was on the decline a little bit. Like no, like it was still like Wade was a fringe top ten player and LeBron was still the best player in the world. So like I didn't think LeBron deserved that MVP. I'm cool with Rose winning it. I'll go with Linkwader over Rose in this because I feel like Derrick Rose had the progression of he was arcing and that you could see it going this way. Linklater had made some weird indie movie, then Slacker, and then comes out and makes one of the biggest cult classes of all time. So I'll give it to I'll give the crowd. I mean, to I guess I think if you were gonna put a rapper in there, you should have done Kendrick with To Pimp a Butterfly as his. I was, album. but To Pimp Butterfly is way more. Me and you love To Pimp a Butterfly. To Pimp a Butterfly is way more controversial than Graduation. I feel like of of what's universally loved. I think To Pimp a Butterfly is more universally hailed as like being. You, a, you don't think Graduation is more commercially. Praised and, and critically praised than Tipper Butterfly. Commercially, it's it's I'm probably sold more combined. records. No, it's not more critically praised, like for a fact. Yeah, okay. I'll just I want to throw graduation in there, but I I, I had Tipper Butterfly out 
And that took to Pimp Butterfly out and put in Graduation. I mean, or For Her Stills Drive. That was J. Cole's third album. True. There's a lot of good third albums in rap. That's when people... I think Joey Badass's third album was All American Badass. I to be so I thought that this was uh so there was a, an, another version of this category when I forgot that he had made a movie before Slacker and I had best second performance and it was Linkwater uh Linkwater doesn't fuse Luka Doncic's sophomore year and then a Tribe Called Quest with their second album. Low I would have gone good. I would have gone Good Kid, Bad City or Late Registration for second album. Yeah, true. But I wanted to go a little bit more, a little more vintage. That's valid. Um, Good Kid, Mad City. I think would have taken that. Um, okay, we already did best quotes. Um, all right, what's age the best? Um, I already said. I think the, the depiction of high school has aged great. Also, this movie, just like its story, has aged great. How like it's been a cool classic. Like, um, like nobody really saw it when it first came out, but now it's like one of the most uh, acclaimed high school movies of all time. Um, the soundtrack we already talked about. And lastly, it, it launched some of the greatest, like it launched a lot of careers. You have Joey Adams, Ben Affleck, it launched McConaughey's career. There's like so many Oscars within uh, those two. Um, it also like launched Linkwater's career. It also, you have um, a bunch of like character actors like Roy Cochran, and Cole Hauser, um, who's going to come up in another category. And then you have, oh my God, Mila Jovovich's career for better or for worse, who's in like all nine Resident Evil movies. Um, anything else you want to point out for what's age the best? I just I just think it's so funny that people don't know that the Resident Evil lady, and also wasn't she in Underworld? I think so, yeah. I'm going gonna, gonna to search it. Um, but... Yeah, like I like people forget that Ben Affleck's in it, and pe- like obviously people remember Matthew McConaughey's in it, but people forget yeah. that Mila's in it. People forget Ben Affleck's in it, and I think it's so funny. Yeah, uh, Parker Posey also. If we go that way, um, what's his name? Oh my God, Adam Goldberg is that? No, that can't be his name. What the fuck is his name? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it is Adam Goldberg. Um, Sasha Jensen. Um, He's never done much, but yeah, Joey Adams, Jason London had a stint for a minute, but yeah, this movie has was star studded and for being relatively unknown. And just even if you do the stretch of those three, Joey Adams, Ben Affleck, and McConaughey, Jovovich had a run, but just those three that's insane. Three people for uh these roles, um, yeah, Mila Jovovich's career is a whole other conversation. What's age the worst? Uh, similar to how this movie launched a lot of uh, great careers, this movie casted a lot of relatively unknowns, and a lot of them went on to do nothing. Like Wiley Wiggins and uh, the girl who plays Sabrina, this was like their only real role. After that, they went on to just keep living their lives and have other jobs. Um, also, what's age the worst? Oh, I have this under what's age the worst and best because it's kind of like is hazing. Hazing doesn't really happen anymore. I feel like it needs to come back. Um, um, what's age the worst? There's a scene which, which in Clint and his buddies do the old way of shotgunning a beer. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen, remember that scene? Uh, I'm gonna have to search it up after this. It's like it's you open. It's like you know how you shotgun a beer now is you have it like this on the side and you pull it and lift it like this. They they would do it, and I've seen old guys shotgun this way where they put the beer in front of their face and tip it back. Oh, wait, I do remember that. It's not that weird. 
I, I think it's real. It's a whole other. I feel like it low key. I wonder who the first person to be like, you know what? Nobel Prize. Yeah, <laughs> just turns it in Prize. You, they get the Nobel, whatever the Nobel Prize is for frat bro science, like they won it. Yeah, they, they won the Nobel Prize for frat broing. Yeah, because I remember I worked with a waiter uh, f- like all, like for a few summers and one night he just shotgunned a beer after work and he did it the old way. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know when that shifted. I'm going to have to, I didn't do enough research. Maybe I should have. Um, yeah, that whoever, did, whoever invented that, I don't know. I wonder, what do you think is, has the bigger airflow? You're smart. What, what, what creates the better vacuum? Doing it horizontally or doing it vertically? I would assume doing it. So the reason I feel like horizontally might be better. Okay. If you're going for like speed, I feel like horizontally has to be better because yeah. it, the way it like flows out versus like, if you're tilting it vertically, maybe I'm, I, I would have to ask my like physics friends. I'm actually, but because, my, my, my gut tells me horizontal is faster. Yeah. Or else, because that's the, that's evolution. Why would we do it? If you do it vertically, you have to tilt it back and move your head the whole way. But if you do it horizontally, you can tilt it and go with it. And it, the vacuum creates, I don't know. I'll have to ask like some some people who know science better than I do. Um, what else is age worst? Um, there's some like statutory rape problems in this movie. <laughs> do we, we want to go there? Yeah, I think so. Not, we'll hold on to Wooderson, but Tony and Sabrina have an ongoing romance throughout this movie, and he's about to be a senior and she's a freshman. What that would, happens, what, though. That happens. That's aged dude, very well. That what, what would Jim well, and Rory do if you brought home a 14 year old? I'm in the unpopular camp with this. All right, here's my thing. Oh, this is back to your whole what's worse than such a Okay, no, I, was, I wasn't going to say that. And although that is, I think, I think that's an interesting like bar question. But no, it's more just, it's, it's just crazy to me that in 10 years, not even in like five, well, how old? So it would be 17 and 14. So in, which obviously I'm not saying that's not weird. Cause that is weird. I'm not saying 17 and 14 isn't weird. I know I'm what you're going to say. I'm just saying literally fast forward like four years and all of a sudden it's perfectly fine. And yes. I just, and I think that's such a weird, and I know it has to do with like the way people develop and mature. I'm not an idiot. I mean, I am an idiot, but I'm not an idiot when it comes to that. Like, I get that. I just can't. It's like literally a. F- I mean, like, there's people who date who are married to people like ten years younger than them, and it's it's not weird because they're all adults. I get it. No. They're all adults, but it's just like still, it's just crazy. I don't know. I fully believe in statutory rape laws. I fully believe in the age of consent. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not. I just, it's just like weird to me. Like, it's like a senior in high school and a freshman in college is seen as kind of weird still and i don't get how a 21 because some no that's not seen as weird i i it's definitely seen as weird no it's not all right but but like yes i do if you if like a senior in high school i mean a senior in college and a freshman college that is still like kind of normal like that's fine whatever but she just graduated middle school and this dude is taking his sats like that's fucked up um like she is just learning like how to calculate the Pythagorean theorem and he's doing like advanced calc. Like it's just like these, these are two uh, no very one different in that people. no one in that movie is doing advanced calc. Oh, does it take place in Texas? Because <laughs> they're all clearly not smart. Maybe like No, dude. Of- Tony's smart. Tony's a genius. Um, he's a nerd. But um, yeah, I think that's though also all right. Now to the new thing. How old is Wooderson exactly? 
Uh, you're you know this movie better than me. I don't know. He's anywhere from like in my opinion, he's anywhere from like 19 to 30. I have no idea how old Wooderson is supposed to be. When shooting it, I think McConaughey was 21 when shooting it, which I was surprised he looks way older, but like you don't know if he's like if he like gra- if he like was played football with them and that's how he knows him and he's just still hanging around, or is he like 27? Like nobody knows how old Wooderson is. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I'll just Google right now. How old is Wooderson? Want to know how you know this movie is like a great movie slash a classic? Yep. Right after we hang up, I'm going to see if I can watch this movie like online for free. I I don't feel like paying for it just because you know me. I'm very stingy. But like I want to watch it. I'm going to go on YouTube and basically watch like chronological clips and watch as much of the movie as I can because I'm so (laughs) in the mood to watch it now. It's just it's also one of those movies that I feel like people can kind of like just you can just quote it back and forth with people all the time. It's like you can kind of share a bond with this movie and stuff like that. Um, that that's really a testament to like the more you talk about, it, the more you want to see it. All right. Um, the Dion Waiters Award. Is there even a question? I just want to say with this movie, I feel like when you make the case that there's like no main character, like I feel like everyone gets a participation Dion Waiters award. Everyone yes. gets everyone gets a J.R. Smith award. But in terms of Dion's Dion Waiters, everybody gets their PJ Dozer playing defense on LeBron in the Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finals. But in ter- uh, go ahead, you can do the honors because there's a clear Dion Waiters winner. We're gonna go with Mr. Matthew McConaughey. So one, as... I want to know what I just noticed. In all three what? of our cable box classics, there's been an obvious, obvious Dion Waiters award winner. The president. Yes, there has. The president of the school, and then president Tom, school. and then Tom Cruise, and then Matthew McConaughey. And then Watson, yeah. We need to make sure our next movie doesn't have this. Has, has more has more heat check moments, has more heat check performances. Yeah, yeah, I like that phrase. Okay, um, the biggest that guy, aka the Joey Pants Award. I'm gonna go with Cole Hauser, and I feel like even you don't like. Do you know who Cole Hauser is? Uh, I forget. So Cole Hauser is he was in this movie, but he was also the other friend in Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, you have uh you have Ben and Matt, and then you have Casey Affleck, the fourth friend in in Goodwill Hunting. That's Cole Hauser. All right. Well, I'm just gonna play mainstream and I'll say Ben Affleck, because like back to my earlier point, people do not know he was in this movie. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what the spirit of the award is. It's not, oh yeah, he was in this movie. It's that guy. Then I'm gonna go movie. I'm gonna go. I forget if it's Mila or Milo, but I'm going to go with her. I think it's Mila, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, I think you're right. But has she been in a movie that wasn't like Underworld or Resident Evil in the past? She's not. Years? She's, she was. She wasn't in uh, Underworld. I think that was Kate, right. like Beckinsale or whatever her name is. Anyway, but yeah, but still, there's been so many Resident Evil movies, and uh, okay, but yeah, that's true. We have kind of picked very unanimous Dion Waiters performance. We need to get more people. Need to start chucking more threes in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> like what do you think McConaughey finishes with I think he's got at least three charges drawn maybe maybe a few threes what, with, the, with the Dion Waiters award yeah oh he played he played 14 minutes and was given the game ball he <laughs> he he was like when that autistic kid um went into the game like with I, this was like a story in like 2008 or something Jason something he was like sem- he was like on the spectrum he was definitely like autistic like more than like barely autistic but less than like fully autistic so he went in the game and literally hit like seven threes in like two minutes because they kept feeding him that's what matthew mcconaughey did it's a great story i highly recommend anyone ch- his name's Jason also that's something. what that's what owen hart did uh may 26 2019 when he when he played senior net lacrosse against bellingham 
dude, that's how I felt. I was the kid with with, with autism who everybody went crazy for when they scored a goal <laughs> on senior night. That was fucking me. I remember. Was- <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have autism, but like I remember. It, <laughs> uh, that that was phrased weird, I guess. But I remember just look, looking back on my freshman year at CM when I started the year on JV and like they all thought, or I had to like quote unquote earn the coaches, whatever, which I guess makes sense. It's a good school. But like I would just get in the game and like I was gunning. I was going for 25 each game. Like I was going eight yeah. threes a game. That's all I was doing. It, it, it just, that's what Matthew McConaughey was doing. Yeah, I think 14 minutes. He plays about 14 minutes, gets a few threes, takes a charge, maybe gets a block and yells in somebody's face. It is something like that. All right. Picking nits. I have a big one in this movie is that they do the thing where it's the last day of school, but they refer to everybody already as like the class above. It's like the, they call Yeah, that confused me so much. The Right. It's so annoying. Like they call the freshmen sophomores. They call the recently graduated eighth graders, they call them freshmen. But don't they call the seniors seniors still? No, but the, the people who they call seniors are the people who are just finished junior year. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's where yeah. my It's so annoying. It's like, that's the thing I used to do in like fourth grade. I'm like, oh, I'm a fifth grader now on the last day of school. It's like, get the fuck out of here. That shit was so annoying. Like they were calling people who just finished eighth grade freshmen. It's like, oh God, that's my, that's my one. Like that's, I have another, but like, that's, that's a huge nit to pick. Um, Another, another another picking nit is that the clerk really believes that Mitch Kramer is 18 years old. Mitch Kramer looks like he's 12 and he sells him beer. That dude's definitely going to jail. Um, I feel like I had more picking nets, but I didn't write them all down. So I didn't prepare well enough for that. Do you have any other, do you have any nits you want to pick about this movie? I mean, no, I, this isn't one of those movies. Like most of my nitpicks are when characters make really dumb decisions and when like the plot makes no sense. And this is a high school movie, so there is yeah. no plot. And of course, characters make dumb decisions. It's a high school movie. Yeah. Um, I guess this isn't really picking it, but just going back to like how different it was. Like, could you imagine if like two years ago, one of your friends was like, whoa, we're going to go have a huge party in the woods. You want to come? Like, uh, well, I mean, if, I don't know. It's weird. I, I was such a different high schooler than most high schoolers. I was so late to the game in terms of like partying and stuff but like yeah. i i mean That's i obviously, i obviously would have said no back then but like i don't know i think it, i think it would be cool to like do what they did i definitely think party and I, I don't mean i don't mean to sound like the like oh i was born in the wrong generation because I, I was born in the right generation i would i need my cell phone and i don't like racism so i was born in the right <laughs> generation well it's it's still pretty bad but not nearly as bad as like 40 years ago but that being said like Parties would have been so much funner back then, more fun back then than they yes. are now. For sure. That's very so, Take away cell phones and play like Prince, fucking Bee Gees, David Bowie, great music, just a bunch of people being forced to socialize. Cause I love socializing. And here's the thing, I don't, and it, I don't know, like, it's just like, and it's just less pressure in my opinion. Cause like, if you're not at the party and you have to see everyone at the party, you feel like you have to go because like on your Snapchat, you see everyone there, it gives you FOMO. I just think it would be way more fun to be like a kid back then, in my opinion, to part partying wise. Yeah. This you goes more to the, yeah. the thing of like, they just drive around the whole night looking to find out what to do because they weren't texting people and calling people and figuring out what the plan was. They just went out and just, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, I remember Aziz Ansari has a bit about that where he was like calling his buddy and it was like, they made plans. 
And if he didn't show up to the plant, that meant that he was dead. It's like, that's, that's what it was. They just didn't have, they didn't talk to each other. So they just had to figure out what the fuck to do. Um, that just goes in uh, like really, like, I, I couldn't imagine if this movie comes out, if this, this, if this movie takes place today, they're all at Pink's basement, drinking Coors Light, texting Wooderson, asking if he got the beer blast. And they're texting like fucking Siobhan. Like, oh, you got, you guys want to come over? Like, that's what this movie is nowadays. Um, it's really annoying. Um, oh, I had another thing for like nits and stuff like that, but I forget what it was. All right. Casting what ifs. Do you know what actor auditioned for the role of Benny, but was turned down because he looks too much like Ben Affleck? Casey? No. I don't Casey. Know. Vince Vaughn. I see it. I see it very much. Vince Vaughn auditioned for Benny and was turned down because he looks too who much was, like Ben Affleck. Who was more famous at that time? Probably Vince Vaughn, actually. That's a good question, actually, because because he hadn't he hadn't made swingers yet. Yeah, also, fun fact, and like I don't care. I'm cool with my sexuality. Call me gay if you want. I don't care. I'm not gay. But young Vince Vaughn needs more credit. That dude was hot. Like no one ever, like you know when everyone pulls up the pictures like oh young rob Lowe, young leo young johnny depp yeah. young johnny young johnny depp's a different breed i'll give you that but like young vince vaughn dude that dude was you could t- that dude was next level come on now put your so, put your fragile sexuality and egos aside we can all admit vince vaughn no. was getting anything he wanted yeah. he he had made no he hadn't he hadn't done anything in 93. He was in Rudy, but that was in 93. So they obviously couldn't have seen that. And then he doesn't make swingers until 96. So who had the more? So let's see what Ben Affleck's clout was looking like in 1992. I don't think he had made a Kevin Smith movie yet. I should have done this before we went live, but. Um, hey, he's done some TV school specials. He was in Extra Field of Dreams. Oh, Ben Affleck had school ties in 1992. Do you remember that movie right. we watched it in eighth grade? Yeah, somehow I do remember that. Yeah, do you remember like that's what we would do? Like, like we would watch like a movie on like the break days, like it was Thanksgiving or Christmas break. We would watch like Great Debaters. I remember uh, I was about to say there's a I'll never forget watching Great Debaters in eighth grade before break and one of the yeah. lines in Great Debaters goes and the phone rang and the phone in our classroom classroom rang right as it happened and people you would have thought like someone like you would have thought like someone just came in with a gun like people screamed it was next it was like next level it's crazy how much like if you think about like all this like my high school would never drive us down to DC like what like it's crazy how much they like work they put in in middle school like low-key i feel like yeah whose class were you in when you were watching great debaters what like x block yeah i i I, I honestly forget i was the type of kid that i just like walked around thinking i was cool and i just would go in any classroom i want no they divide us into rooms motherfucker i know i would just leave and just go to a different class like i I honestly forget i was a great debaters school ties october sky we watched in seventh grade jake gyllenhaal baby yeah war games in sixth grade and i think schindler's list we watched in eighth grade yeah whatever but yeah to answer your question ben affleck had the most clout renee zellweger auditioned for one of the senior girls was not casted and then she was an uncredited extra holding a beer bong in the in the, in the moon tower scene that's all she i have to out, she, she turned out just fine she's good she turned yeah she had a decent career she, she, she was fine. 
Uh, recasting couch. I only have two. Whenever there is a movie that has young people in it, I always have to mention these two people. Who would Hedges play? Who would Shalomay play? Um, I forget because I haven't seen it in a while, so I forget the character names. Um, I have. Oh, why do I think Shalomay plays these, uh, the stoner? Shalomay, see, no, see, one, one, one of the problem though, if Shalomay would have to beef up, and then he's easily getting what's his name, the football, uh, pink. Yes, he's easily pink if he beefs up and looks like a football player a little bit. You know what I mean? I think yeah. right true, but I think right now he's. I think he has the most clout, so he would be pink. But I think that who he looks like the most is Pickford. Um, look up Days Confused Pickford right now. All right, that's who I think. Um, that's who I think. Uh, what's his name plays? Because I think that as much as I like Xiaomi, I feel like I would love to see him in one of these like weird ladybird type roles again. Um, I see the Pickford. I think Pickford's yeah. actually way more attractive, though. Uh, fair. And then I have Hedges as O'Banion, just I feel like I like Hedges as a dick because I just Hedges is just a dick. So he's gonna play the Ben Affleck role. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as much, but I could see him being one of like the losers. Could a, could a 1993 Leo? Um, could he have played a part in this in this movie? I mean, anyone could have played a part in this movie if they were young and like semi-attractive. So, like, who who would Leo play in in 1993? I, honestly, I see Leo more as Pickford than I do Timothy Chalamet. Well, I don't think you would make if if you can do like. Wolf I would wait. I low key. I low key would be down for Leo to play Slater. Low key. Leo to play Slater. Yeah, low key. No, think about it. Think about young Leo with like hair extensions. Yeah, fine. Okay, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he would just be Mitch though. Like a young Mitch. Um, fuck this! What just happened? I'm having, am I having difficulties right now? God damn it! Okay, back from my technical difficulties uh, on on uh, on force break. Um, all right, any closing thoughts? It's a wonderful movie. Glad, I'm glad we talked about it. I'm about to rewatch some of it, I think. Yeah, like really talking about this movie makes me want to go back and watch this movie so bad. Um, also makes me want to watch some of the other uh, Linkwater movies I haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, this is, I think, so far the most fun K.O. Box classics we've done. Um, this movie just is oozing with creativity, with characters, with imagination. Uh, it's my second favorite movie of all time. It is my favorite high school movie of all time. I think it it holds up incredibly well, lends itself to so many repeat, repeat viewings. And any single time it's on, I get sucked in. Um, that's kind of all I have to say. Um, anything you want to plug or talk about? No, uh, I would just recommend everyone go watch this movie and watch Almost Famous because even though we didn't talk about it, it's a similar vibe. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the Saturday? Oh, um, I guess, yeah, if you want to donate to Owen's page for the Shop for Life Gauntlet, which is uh, a cancer-based nonprofit that uh, uses sports, um, predominantly basketball, but sports in general, they've been branching out as a way to raise money um, for cancer. Definitely look at Owen's Instagram, his main account, um, and feel free to click the link on that and donate. Oh, you don't have one in your Instagram? 
No, I, I, I wasn't raising money this year because I've been working. I need to raise money for a different thing as well as I've been doing the documentary. So I kind yeah, of yeah. offset that. Right, yeah, uh, please do. Good cause. Um, me and you got to pick a movie for next week. Um, yeah, we, we can pick two and let them vote again. That was good. You want you want another poll? Yeah, we can all talk right. about that after, though. Okay, we'll talk about that after. Um, and that's all. Tune in next week for Tailbox Classics.